Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. Do you want to talk about SEX? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready for it. Uh, What do you get us started? Well, I thought we could start talking about shadow work a little bit um, because I think a lot of us have a sexual shadow. (laughs) And to give context, I just wanted to hear what you have to say about when you started uncovering what shadow was for you. Because I feel like everyone has a very specific moment where it's like either a rock bottom moment or they've had this like icky feeling come up and they were like, oh, what is that? And then they start diving into something like this. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. So when I first became aware of my shadow, Mm -hmm. is that that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. Um. I I couldn't tell you when I started engaging in shadow work. And even to this day, I don't know that I have a formal practice in quote unquote shadow work. I, I really love to experience my shadow as just another part of myself. And sometimes I don't always identify my experience or what I'm uncovering as a shadow. It's usually it's something comes up and it's like, Ooh, what's that? Like, that's kind of challenging. That doesn't, necessarily feel like the influence I want to operate through. Um, but I don't always give it the name shadow. So I I think because I don't necessarily always identify that experience in that way, it's hard for me to trace back to when I started working with it. Um, but I can definitely look back and very clearly see different rock bottoms in my life. And if we're talking about sex, um, I definitely have some shadowy experiences that date back to honestly a high school, but I wasn't sexually active until college. Um, So I think there was shadow in high school that I really wasn't aware of at that time, but how I related to my sexuality and what I thought it meant to be a sexual human and how that shadow followed me to college and how the influence of what I learned and the experiences that I did and didn't have in high school kind of impacted the way I showed up to my relationship to sex in college. There are definitely some big rock bottoms there. Mm. Um, I don't know if that clearly answered your question. I feel like I went in a little circle there. (laughs) Do you, because you love definitions, do you have a definition for what shadow is for you? Or I know you kind of relate heavily to archetypes and seeing those, would you classify them under the same umbrella or are they different for you? Archetypes and shadows. Mm-hmm. I think every archetype, this is interesting. I don't know that I've ever put this in words, but just as we're talking and kind of riffing on it, I feel every archetype has the potential to have a shadow aspect and also maybe let's call it like a divine aspect. But mm, I'm already kind of taking that back because who's to say that the shadow isn't divine? Um, so maybe like a shadow. And it's highest expression as well. 
Uh, and when we look at any archetype, I think it comes to how conscious or unconscious we are in identifying and embodying that archetype. So no matter what archetype it is, we have the potential to be unconsciously or consciously playing out the shadow aspect of it or the highest expression of it. Does that make sense? Mm. So you think there's always a yin and yang with archetypes, essentially? Yes. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think it's interesting because with you, archetypes have always landed and for you to kind of conceptualize the energy you work with. And for me, it's always been like essence and aspect. Um, mm. Just because I like kind of shifting away from duality a little bit more. Um, not that either one's wrong or right, <laughs> but it, for me, it's just, I want to feel this like aspect as its own thing. Um, but for you, archetypes has always been, I, I mean, we've talked about them a lot together and I think for shadow, I, what I'll be saying, well, for me, shadow has always been just this aspect of self that you might not necessarily want to hold space for or you're uncomfortable holding that space for it. So they can be quote unquote good or bad aspects as you define them. Um, if you constantly get told that like beautiful people are idiots <laughs> or something, and you really want to be known for your mind, you're going to start feeling bad every time someone calls you beautiful or vice versa. Um, you might want to feel very beautiful. So if someone calls you smart, then you might associate intelligence with being ugly and things like that. So they can be a compliment as well. Like if someone calls you beautiful and then it's just this aspect that doesn't feel comfortable. Um, so I just wanted to get clarity on that a little bit, at least how we're going to be talking about it. I think that's, unless I put words in your mouth, I think that's the definition we should go with. <laughs> I love your definition. I love your words. They make a lot of sense. <laughs> awesome. Um, and with that sexual shadow, could you name some feelings that have come up as you've looked back on your own experiences with why did this feel visceral or just unlike yourself looking back or parts of these experiences where you're like, I don't like this energy anymore. I want to shift it. Um, because I think a lot of women have had similar experiences with that. Totally, totally. Um, I mean, I definitely experienced sexual trauma in college. Um, and with that being said, uh, in those traumatic experiences, post-traumatic experiences, pre-traumatic experiences, uh, there's a lot of different feelings, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. Sex wasn't really something that was talked about when I was growing up and I didn't feel sexually experienced when I went to college and it was something I was craving uh, because it, it almost felt like something I was missing out on. And it felt as though um, I wondered if I was worthy of having sexual experiences. Um, and I hadn't had experiences with relationships uh, like intimate sexual uh, not, I shouldn't say intimate because I believe friendships are intimate, 
Um, but I think romantic relationships, I didn't have experience with that in high school. And there was a big part of me that felt as though I wasn't enough or I wasn't worthy of having those experiences. So those initial feelings going into exploring my sexuality in college really influenced the way I approached sexuality and how I engaged in it. Um, so yeah, a lot of those feelings just hover around guilt and shame uh, and mm, doing it for reasons outside of myself, seeking something uh, that didn't already exist within me. And it felt like it needed to be like given to me by someone. Like I couldn't have, uh, it, it was less based on wanting to experience pleasure and satisfaction uh, and exploring my creative nature as a sexual human and learning more about myself. And it was more based on maybe proving myself <clears throat> and if you're open to it, we kind of talked about weaving in archetypes here mm -hmm. and uh, an archetype that I really embodied in college was the slut. And it, it's not that like people called me a slut a lot. I'm kind of looking back and identifying that in myself. Um, and I, I was unconsciously embodying it though. I wasn't choosing to be a slut. And there's a lot of stigma around being a slut or being called slutty. Um, I believe anyone could choose to embody the energy of what it means to them to be slutty or to act in any kind of certain way that that means to them. I was afraid of being known as a slut. I was afraid of being seen as someone who slept around or just had sexual experiences. Um, but I seeked them out to prove to myself on some level that I was worthy of having them, that I was enough or that I was desirable in some way. Um, so in a sense, even embodying that archetype in the shadow aspect of it, uh, because I was unconsciously embodying it, um, I, I didn't feel empowered through that archetype because who's to say that being a slut can't be an empowering archetype, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, and I think the last thing I want to say about that is even when we unconsciously embody archetypes in their shadow aspects, they're serving a purpose to us on that unconscious or subconscious level in some way. So for me, it was kind of like this toxic feedback loop of, oh, if I'm embodying this archetype um, and I can sleep with someone tonight, <laughs> that's going to like feed my ego or stroke my ego in some way, even though the next day I'm going to wake up and feel really shitty about myself and wonder why this person isn't going to call me back or just feel like I wasn't enough to actually achieve a romantic relationship, which is actually maybe what I wanted. Mm. I definitely um, had a similar experience with that. And I liked what you said about you felt like it had to be given to you because I had that same experience. And that was a lot of, I met that with so much resistance because I think the feminine aspect of sexual nature is that you have to be chosen in a way, or you have to be told that you're desirable and kind of like the maiden where they are proving themselves to you. And I did not like that aspect because I wanted to be 
in control of those things. And for me, one of the aspects that the archetypes I can think of was, um, especially in high school and things was flirt. And I hated being called that. And I had so much like negative connotation with that because I wanted these like sexual experiences. But when I put myself out there, then I was met with this resistance of I was a flirt and I never acted upon those things. When the people who were calling me that were people that I didn't actually engage with. Mm. But my personality, because I was friendly or funny or whatever it was, I was just in command of trying to resist that I need to be chosen. I liked having the more masculine experience of sexuality that people assumed that I was a flirt and that I was just playing mind games Mm. when it was just, I wanted to embody this. I wanted to have control over those things. Um, And then when I got to college, it kind of completely flipped on its head and I kept feeling like I couldn't have that masculine experience so I had to keep almost begging for this feeling of being desirable and I had that same experience where I was like I actually just wanted a romantic partner but it was I had so much shame of wanting romance and yeah I think I embodied that like slut as well just because I hated the feeling of asking someone for romantic feelings. Like I was doing something wrong if I were to ask for these things and I wasn't the person you bring home to your mom. So I'm just going to keep embodying this like slutty flirty behavior so that I can fulfill something and get some kind of energy that I was seeking, but it wasn't actually what I wanted. So I really relate to you, but that, also shows me this like I mean I didn't know this I don't know (laughs) I don't think anyone knows this when they're a kid but the if you want to feel fully embodied and like sex and if you want to have a lot of sex with a lot of people that's amazing but I think we don't realize the energetics of sex and I don't know if you've experienced this after have you noticed a shift in your relationship with the energy in sex now that you've you feel like you've moved out of that archetype and into a different relationship oh yeah oh yeah most certainly there's been this like shift in me where I've noticed that I mean we're all vibrating things right <laughs> like we're all just buzzing around throwing like energy at each other and the quickest way to exchange energy is through sex and so when we exchange sex with someone, if we are in a low state of self-worth and we're begging to receive that energy that like being chosen, we're actually sucking their negative energy too. And so that's why it feels, I call it like sex hangovers because you wake up and you're just like, (laughs) what was that? And it feels, it's not that it was bad. It was just like, the energy is heavy in you now. Um, and that's what this, I don't know. I've noticed now where like, if I meet someone who has like an open heart center or has certain, a certain energy about them, that when you have sex with them, you, you both should feel lighter. It shouldn't feel like you have to text them the next day and like, feel like bad about what just happened and all this like 
little toxic things of like, oh, I need their attention, but I don't want to be too like attention seeking, but I didn't feel, I don't feel fulfilled. And we're not trusting that like unfulfilled feeling right now. And yeah, I would love to hear what you have to think about that. What's been transformative for me in my relationship with my own sexuality has been being in a long-term relationship with my partner. Um, Sex was really traumatic for me for the first few years that I started engaging in sexuality. And I really felt I was very inexperienced when I started exploring that. Uh, Even before I went to college, when I wasn't having sexual experiences with other people, I also wasn't masturbating. I... It wasn't something I explored. I didn't have that kind of relationship with myself. Um, But I, I don't I don't know that I was consciously choosing not to explore. I think I just I just didn't really know. I don't know. I don't remember it being something I thought about very often. I remember I tried watching porn once and I was like, ooh. Porn. (laughs) (laughs) I did something. And I was just kind of like, mm. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> it like wasn't for me. And you know, I, it, it is for some people and that's amazing. That is so freaking amazing. Um, and I just, I didn't really even care to explore anymore. I was, but like, I don't know, on the weekends I was running around the beach with all my friends, like naked half of the time. So like, who's to say that wasn't like an exploration of sexuality way. Um, but that's what felt normal to me. Um, so when I went to college, um, a lot of times when I was engaging in sexual experiences, I, Hmm. I don't want to use definitive language, but I think it was rare that I was sober and engaging in sexual experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really, I was really nervous and I was afraid and I didn't have, I didn't have a sexual relationship like with myself. So I very much I mean, because of other like specific experiences I had, like this probably kind of played into this, but a lot of times um, I was either just really inebriated. um, So I was kind of numb or I would go into a kind of fight or flight mode. I felt very ashamed. Um, I didn't know how to like talk about sex. I didn't know how to ask my partners like what they wanted. I didn't know what felt good to me. And so it was just, it was, it was not good. (laughs) Uh, Energetically, just because of all the variables, like I just feel like shit the next day. Um, And it still wasn't something that I was seeking to develop and cultivate in myself because I I had like a pretty negative and traumatic association with it. Uh, When I entered into the relationship I'm in right now with my partner, four years ago and then ask him if I could like talk about our sex life. (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, I won't say any names. Ask for forgiveness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I'll just talk more from my own perspective, I guess, and about my experience. But I mean, we hit it off real quick and we started getting sexual pretty quick. I, um, I would have experiences where my body would totally freeze up. I would go into fight or flight mode. I would have like PTSD moments. Um, and it was really hard to talk about, but I was so fortunate to be with someone who was so patient and loving and kind. And we cultivated a lot of intimacy together. And I felt really safe to talk about my experiences. I didn't feel any pressure to be a certain way. Um, And that's really when the energetics with my own sexuality really started to shift because it became less about putting out or proving or, or even like receiving for the quote unquote wrong reasons and more about mutual energy exchange and learning about what it meant to me to be a sexual human who wanted to share sexuality with another person. And for me, that's with a long-term partner for someone else. Like they might have a lot of sexual partners and that's amazing, Mm -hmm. but it really came down to me realizing I, I was safe to be sexual and I was safe to embrace my sexuality. And it's still a long and winding road. (laughs) But that's really when things started to change for me. There is the key piece of trust and safety. Um, And it was really scary to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing. (laughs) I've never publicly talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think this might sound really weird, but I feel like we all kind of do it secretly. I, like I said, I liked the masculine side of things. And I thought I also experienced trauma in college. And I thought if I embodied an archetype, like I embodied Samantha from Sex and the City. (laughs) And I would be really like sex positive and everything. And I thought if I embodied her, then that would be protection. Um, Because if I, saw it as like a conquest and had this masculine energy put into sex and things that I didn't have to show up vulnerably. Um, And so I would keep like a list of all my conquests and I would talk to people about it very casually. And I don't know if you remember, but like you and I even made out when we were drunk. (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) We went to college together. That was wild. We're lit times. <laughs> like that, I remember that happening because I had a bet with someone. It was a, a boy in college and it was like, who can make out with the most women in the night? And so like I won. I was a part of your game. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> but that was my, I don't know what it was. And I would wake up and I'd just be like, oh, like, I don't like this version. Um, okay. It definitely served me and I appreciate her so much because she protected me and exploration is a huge part of my sexuality I think and just enjoying a person and experimenting with them and not having it so cut and dry I had a similar experience with porn I watched it like one time and I was like eh not for me (laughs) but I felt ashamed that I didn't like it because I had that archetype 
And I thought I had to be this sexual deviant in order to fit what I wanted to, because I wasn't even comfortable being in a relationship at the time. And for me, what is interesting, you said that your energy shifted when you were got into a long-term relationship. Um, for me, it was actually becoming celibate for a few years and just, it wasn't that I was opposed to it. It was just, I realized that I wanted to only have sex when the energy was the right person. And that feeling of like, I know this feels good. Um, and that ended up being like three and a half years of my life, <laughs> which so, I realized like some people are very ashamed about when that yeah. happens. But I've learned that like, if I didn't do that, I don't know where I would be right now. So can you tell me a little bit about that process? Because you said you wanted it to, and you did wait until it felt right. So can you share and outline a little bit, like, what are the energetics there? What is right? And I know maybe, maybe aligned is a word we can use. What was aligned for you? Because I'm sure that will look different for every person, but like, how did you know? And how does that correlate to, you didn't take a vow of celibacy, but (laughs) you decided you were going to kind of shift things and you were like, all right, you know what? Like, it's time for me to shift the way I'm engaging with my sexuality. Can you just talk a little more about that? Yeah, it was a lot of awkward conversations at first, honestly, <laughs> because I had developed this kind of archetype of sex positive person where that's what I talked about. And it was fun to talk about it. And I made a lot of friendships talking about that kind of thing. Um, but when I decided to focus on my self-worth first, not that I don't, I think you can be sex positive and have a lot of self-worth, but for me, that wasn't the case. And I kept going into situationships with people where I was just dog paddling for their energy, for their attention and trying to prove something. And it was always toxic. A lot of times they were actually in relationships and they would come to me as I was their therapist essentially. And I thought, I grew up with this idea that if I could help fix your relationship, then I was worthy of love. I never like cheated with anyone. So, (laughs) but if you experience that, I completely empathize with that because it was a sensation of, if I can prove that I'm worthy enough for them, they'll leave that person for me. And I liked the idea of being chosen over someone else. And I was playing in just territory I didn't want to stay in um, because I had these self-worth issues because no one wants to be in a relationship with the broken girl, you know, that was having PTSD and couldn't talk about it and didn't want to be vulnerable or speak on things and being someone that enjoys sex and enjoys exploring sexuality and like this feeling of like, I'm not someone worth a relationship but I wanted to change that. And when I decided I wanted to change that and show myself like I can have a healthy relationship, it doesn't have to be what we think of as a relationship, but I wanted to discover what a healthy relationship looked like for me. That was when it kind of started. And I told myself that I wanted to fall in love. And 
if that was with someone else or if that was with me, I didn't really care because I had never felt this feeling of like, I love myself either. And when I decided that, then I started seeing the energy I put into certain people and the exchange I would get. And if I felt like I had to change the way I speak to them, or if I felt like I was having to change how often I text them or how I show up, then I knew that wasn't right. And so I just, I had to get really honest with myself and end a lot of energetic exchanges because I would tell myself like, oh, I can be friends with them, but I couldn't. <laughs> I, I Maybe now I can, but I couldn't at the time. Yeah. I started cutting out these energies and having these uncomfortable conversations of like, look, like I'm not just going to go out there and get drunk and like sleep around because it's fun anymore. It was fun at a time, but for right now, that's not who I want to be. And then I started really figuring out, okay, why am I uncomfortable going to dinner by myself? And what do I think someone will fill? And when I started looking at this hole that I was trying to fill with people, then I started identifying ways I could fill it for myself. And there's this weird energy saying you you start to become what you're seeking and so I wrote down every attribute of someone that I would say yes to and in all those attributes I tried to see if that was already inherent within me and probably 80% of it was already which was really shocking for me because I was in such like a low state of worth. And then I just took aligned steps to making sure that it was a hundred percent. Like I was everything I wanted <laughs> and I didn't like have no sex. Like I, I masturbated a lot, but like I've always done that. <laughs> and, but that even changed like before it was because like I have a high sex drive. So I was like, Oh, I want to get it done and over with. And then I started realizing like, no, it's a ritual. And it's a way to embody who I am and my energy. And so when I flipped that and started identifying what my intentions were behind it, that was when a lot of things started shifting for me. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, what's coming into my mind is this idea of sacred sexuality. And in this transformation, what I'm really seeing is that uh the sacred sexuality kind of shifted from just this act of sex itself into this ritual, this practice of sensuality, intimacy, uh, being romantic with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like when you really cultivated that relationship with yourself, you really like went inside to satisfy and fulfill that pool that you were looking to fill. Uh, that's, that's really when you are able to define this barometer for looking outside of yourself for those experiences too. And it's not that you were looking outside of yourself for them, but you had this barometer so that when these opportunities showed up, it was very quick to know, like you had the energy, you had an understanding of the energy you wanted to feel and what that was like. So you were very easily able to be like, no, that's, that's not the opportunity or yeah. Like that is the sexual, that is the intimate, romantic, 
relationship or opportunity that I want to engage in because you already had that fulfilled inside of yourself. Mm, I, I did not subscribe to this. Like you hear a lot of relationship coaches talking about red flags and things you should look out for. And that never sat with me. I didn't understand red flags and I don't think I do still (laughs) because I'm the type of person, like I connect with everyone and I can meet people where they are. So obviously like you don't want to date a murderer. (laughs) It's not what I'm saying, but this idea of red flags didn't feel right for me, but what did end up feeling right was finding how I could be who I wanted and having this list of things I was actually seeking and filling that within myself. And once you fulfill that for yourself, then you realize like anyone who doesn't meet you where you are, isn't the right person for you because you should never, we're all just like that little child's game where you're trying to put a circle in a square peg, you know, like the peg holes, we're all just peg holes. (laughs) And the right person is just going to like slide through. That sounds so well, it's a episode, so. Not uh, appropriate. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> mm, mm. Cool, cool. Okay, I'm kind of curious about uh, t- kind of going back to archetypes, and if you're down to kind of talk about it through the dialogue I was using, kind of seeing a shadow. Uh, maybe instead of aspect, we can say like a shadow expression of the archetype and mm, okay. the highest expression of the archetype. So you kind of shared, you mentioned Samantha from Sex and the City mm-hmm. and kind of being this uh, sexual deviant. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my understanding from what you shared is when you were on some level embodying that in college, uh, th- there was kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, was there, do you feel like that embodiment of archetype was being expressed in a shadowy way or in a high expression or a little bit of both? Can you kind of differentiate between the two or maybe take us to a different archetype that feels resonant? Yeah, I think, hmm. I definitely think it was a shadow version in college because it was seeking one of two things, seeking control or seeking acceptance. Those were my two. Um, Because when I was in that archetype, I was trying to control the energy that I received and put out. And I was trying to prove something of myself. Like this is who I can be kind of scenario that I wasn't the flirt anymore. That was just all talk. I was proving that I was this version of myself. And now I would say, I don't know what archetype I would call it, but exploration is a huge one. And I think there, there is a shadow aspect there. I think it can be shadowy, but for me that there's a Samantha quote where she says like, um, I'm a trisexual because I'll try anything once. (laughs) And that is the version I want to embody because for me, a partner is someone who I can go to with this expression of like, hey, I I think sexuality is just a form of creative creative expression. And for me, I might have this expression I want to try and I don't want to feel ashamed for wanting to try it. And I want it to be the way I view sex 
is this art project between two or more people, whatever you fancy. And it's just this constant collaboration and you don't know what it's going to look like one day. Some days it might be abstract. Sometimes it might just be like really romantic realism. We don't know what it's going to look like, but it's just this constant, yeah, collaboration and expression. And I want to cultivate spaces where people feel like they can talk about and experiment fully as they are, where it's, I like... (laughs) I like having sex where every time I come out of it, it almost feels like a therapy session because I'm like, oh, I learned something new. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, that's a shift. That's a shift in probably inner or I don't know if you say that out loud <laughs> in outer dialogue. Um, I do. <laughs> yeah, good. That's a good conversation to have. <laughs> Uh, something I love about uh, the archetypes and seeing the shadow expression and the highest expression uh, it, which I think is important to say, it might be a little bit of a, a sidestep right here, but I think it's important to mention is that the shadow expression is not something we need to get rid of, or it, it's not quote unquote bad or wrong. Mm-hmm. The shadow aspect is always present. And when we can run into challenges, when we embody and express through the shadow aspect unconsciously, um, because then we, we're, there's no like intention, right? And usually it's a part of ourself that we don't really want to truthfully look at that's trying to grab onto something, that's trying to grasp control of something that actually isn't in our control to grasp. We're looking for something outside of ourselves. So the shadow aspect or expression is always there. And it's really important to become aware of it and to see it. And when we are able to integrate it and love on that shadow expression, that's when I really believe we can fully accept and embody the consciously embody the higher expression of that same aspect. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's similar how I feel about ego where I don't think you're supposed to kill the ego. I think the ego is a very integral part of your existence (laughs) and it shows you your desires and desires are awesome. And Mm. it's same thing with your shadow. Like you wouldn't be who you are if you didn't know what your shadow was. And I think shadow sometimes, at least for me, the way I like to look at shadow is just unintegrated lessons that might come up and when they become integrated, then it's just a part of who you are. And that's okay too. And it's hard. It's sometimes complicated for me to talk about because I am under the belief that there is no right or wrong way to exist. I think society dictates what is socially right and good versus bad and evil, um, which can get very (laughs) controversial, but yeah, that's how I kind of view shadow same thing it's like yeah it's important for your own growth and understanding who you are I love 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 what you just said about shadow pointing to our desires I love I love the language you used and how you express that because even when I look back uh my sexual experiences in college the the shadow aspects of the different archetypes I felt that I was playing out and not not only 
this definitely isn't only for sexual experiences. Like another archetype I very heavily played out was the girl in the corner of the party having heart to hearts with people. (laughs) 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 And (laughs) it, it was pointing to a desire. Now, when I was in that state, there was a lot of unconscious embodiment of that archetype. Because I, I, I was a fixer. I still am a fixer. <laughs> and I, oh my gosh, it brought me so much, uh, such a feeling, whether it was real or not, it gave me such this rush of feeling worthy of having focused energy with people and getting to hold that space and getting to be the person who just Mm, like, uh, like Jamie just knows how to hold a conversation and she's just knows how to make someone feel good. <laughs> it was like a hit of dopamine, you know, and I was doing it because I didn't, I didn't know that I could consciously create those experiences. I thought I had to wait till everyone was drunk at the party and I was off in the corner and it lured someone in and started asking questions and <laughs> prodding and investigating their life. And of course they'd open up and spill their heart to me. Um, and it just, it gave me such a sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when no one wanted to talk to me or I didn't feel like I was in a state where I could hold that space, I felt so unworthy. And it, it became a part of like, looking to embody that archetype to get something that wasn't inside of myself. And the shadow part there, it was pointing to my desire to kind of what we were talking about before we got a recording. Uh, We were talking about energetics with money and the money beliefs we're working through right now and how that correlates to our business and what we're doing in business right now. Uh, this, This desire to show up and just operate through my authenticity and to express in, from such an authentic space to be able to receive money for that. That is my desire. That is a pure desire I have. And I can trace back to this shadow expression of this archetype of the girl in the corner of the parties having heart to hearts with people as pointing to that desire where I want that energy to be able to fulfill something really important in my life, but it has to come from a place of conscious embodiment as opposed to unconscious um, and being expressed through the shadow in order to feel okay about myself. Mm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing left to say. (laughs) Good. There's very few times where I'm just like, I don't have any input. <laughs> so it's, I like to revel in it when it happens. Let it hang. Let it hang. <laughs> um, yeah. I was thinking, as you were talking about that satisfaction you got from opening someone up when they were kind of vulnerable <laughs> in the drunken <laughs> I yeah I I had a similar feeling um when in college when I would write I was in a creative writing class and um we had to keep this binder and we would just have to write in it every day and then the teacher he was awesome he would have us 
come in for like a one-on-one and he would have read in the binder it was like this such a personal thing because it was it was almost like your own little journal and you would keep your poetry and your short stories and stuff in this binder and he would read it and then talk to you about it and oh it like would send me just like chills like giving it to him but he would always have the best commentary and he would just really understand what I was trying to say and then a few years later when I wrote a short story I think I sent it to you and I sent it to a few people and then they came back crying (laughs) and having it's not that I want to make people cry but (laughs) having such (laughs) maybe having such like an extreme reaction to something that I created was this feeling that was pure just desire for me and I don't that is the same feeling I have in my sexuality now Mm. and I think that's you don't have to have the same expression as me but I think that is that feeling where like every part of your conscious and unconscious and your ego your shadow everything in you just like lights up and feels so seen I think that's what everyone's seeking when they create these kind of shadow aspects with sex and like everything else really it's goes down to that little feeling (laughs) can we talk more about pure desire yeah it's my favorite thing (laughs) okay tell me um let's riff on how that connects to sexual creative energy sacred sexuality um and i just other expressions of pure desire how are those all connected and how are they expressed I think if I have to talk about desire then I really have to talk about sending nudes (laughs) go on so before I talk about that I firmly believe that every time you fall in love you're falling in love with yourself anytime you're falling in love with someone whether it's a friend a romantic partner anything it's just reflecting back to you and I notice it the most whenever I send nudes And I love doing them. I take them for me all the time. And if you feel uncomfortable that they're in your photos, there is a hide button. Really? Yeah. And that's what we all need. (laughs) If you go to your photo and then you hit um, that little share button, if you scroll down a little bit, there's a button that says hide. And so it goes into this hidden album. It's a saving grace. Don't go through my phone. but. Um, I love doing it. And I I think I've always been drawn to this feeling of being desired. And that's kind of where a lot of my sexual exploration starts is like, I can express it in all these ways and I'm still desired, but it doesn't matter if the other person desires me. It matters if I desire myself. And I think everyone should take nudes. I think when you're old, you're going to wish you had them. I just, (laughs) I firmly believe that because I think we don't realize how amazing it is to desire yourself. And when I have this with a partner that I trust and that I care about, when I send that to them, it's like reflecting back to me all the things that I love about myself and their excitement makes me feel excited about myself. 
but I would have that feeling with or without them. It's like when you get to have that with yourself, every time that is reflected back and you get to receive a response from someone, you get to receive some kind of reflection or expression from them. It gets to amplify your own experience Mm -hmm. as opposed to like fill in a gap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you send what? (laughs) Sorry, what? (laughs) I said, do you send nudes? (laughs) Um, I've definitely sent nudes before. It's not my go-to practice though. Mm. I think there's an aspect of, I don't, maybe it's different for men or masculine energy, but I've just really enjoyed loving my body in a different way and not really caring who sees it either. And that's been very, I really want to do like a photo shoot with someone. I think those people that do like sexy photo shoots like boudoir shoots Mm. for empowerment I'm like that's the answer but I think it's finding your own mode for someone else it's narrative and it's speaking and like I've done I've had experiences where I'm on the phone and I tell stories and things and for them it's like yes (laughs) like that makes me desired um but yeah I think it's experimentation so are you a visual creature? Are you auditory? Like what feels good for you? And then see yourself in that highest expression through that sensation, I think, is the ticket. Life with you is poetry, baby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I have a few things to say. Um, first of all, is that not what magnetism is? I think it is. Like pure desire, pure expression love it's all just yeah this feeling of I don't even want to call it joy I feel like it deters what it actually is pure desire Mm -hmm. pleasure pleasure maybe yeah and what's coming up for me right now is uh I don't know if this even crossed your mind but just the way because so much of our reality these days exists online. <laughs> so like how we show up and how we project our characters into the internet space. And I know for me in this past year, learning how to uh, choose the way I show up and learning how to discern like how I want to be and what I want to express online has been a big process in self-acceptance and compassion, and also being the person who's kind of sitting in the seat of control as to what is projected and what other people get to perceive in Mm. my life. And I know we've talked about before, like, oh, like kind of the learning curve of getting comfortable to recording yourself and having yourself available, your access, the way you look, the way you express yourself, being accessible to people on an online platform. And I'm forgetting the word right now. Maybe you can jog my memory. But I remember this one time you were talking about, I don't know if you had like sang a song and you like posted it on your Instagram story Mm -hmm. or you just like you were riffing and you talked about something and you like couldn't stop watching it. What was the word you used where you were? Oh, you were like intoxicated. Oh, yeah. 
And so even just like that, that pure pleasure, that pure desire we can have for ourselves and our own like sacred sexuality and our expression, and the way we like choose to show up in different spaces, like in the online space, like holding the space of an online room mm-hmm. and like <clears throat> being, oh, what's it called? Like seducing the entire room with your energy, like getting to show up with charisma and feeling intoxicated by your own presence. Yes. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I think, oh, what I'm saying is that that's kind of been a journey for me. And it's one I still struggle with. Um, Some days feel really good. And some days like I'll show up and I'll be like, oh my God, like I can't even, I don't even want to go back and watch that. Sometimes I'll post something and I'm just like, hmm, like I want to keep like, watching my story on repeat because something's happening energetically that it's just like hitting me and it's feeling so, so good. And so like authentic in my expression. Yeah. I think the more open you are to being cringy, the more you fall in love with yourself, which (laughs) has been really cool. I like what you're saying about like intoxicating a room. And I think your feed and your page is kind of your room and you get to decide how it shows up and, Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's because I'm a creative person and maybe you feel this as well, but I feel like to be sexual is just to be highly creative and to be comfortable with playing with the energy because I think everything, I think everyone's in a relationship with everyone. Like trees are in relationship, everything, not just people. And you see that energy. I think I texted you this the other day where I was like, there's so much tension in the world. I just want it to be sexual all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And and I started playing with that idea of like, no, it kind of is. And that's fun. And doesn't mean it's scary. It doesn't mean like I have to have sex with everyone. It's just like a sexual, sexual energy to me doesn't mean the act of having sex. And I think you can see that in people's, how they present online, because there can be a woman that is completely naked online and she doesn't have, there's not sexual energy to her. And then you go on my page and like, I almost never show anything, but the energy feels very sexual. And I've been really enjoying playing around with that energy to see like, okay, what can be sexual that actually isn't sexual? (laughs) I love that. I love that. Like holding, holding the space and being able to seduce the entire room with your Mm. energy alone. I don't know. Maybe I'm on a little bit of a power trip with that one, but (laughs) no, that feels, that feels like very, I mean, it feels very powerful. And, uh, something I'm doing this year, which was a motivated and inspired for me to take action through one of our conversations. Huh. Like you're such a pivotal person in my life. Oh my God. <laughs> um, is I'm doing live art modeling this year. Oh yeah. I am about that. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. Um, but I'm signed up for some gigs and Oh my gosh, I'm really nervous, mm-hmm. but I'm loving this energy of getting to show up in a space and literally stripping down every single thing on me in this human vessel that isn't actually me Mm -hmm. and just standing 
holding a posture, holding a space, being a muse, and then being exchanged money for it, for literally showing up and being mm-hmm. in my most vulnerable meanness. And I really see this as an opportunity for me to like revolutionize my relationship, not only with my body, but with my sexuality, with my sense of self, with my trust in self, um, and my ability to inspire, inspire art, creation, expression. Um, I just, I'm really scared, but I really feel like this is going to be a chance for me to really increase those good feelings that I cultivate inside myself. Yeah. I, it feels very regal. <laughs> and I love how that word keeps coming up. <laughs> regal is just great. And it, it feels like it's shifting the energy for you because what you were saying when we were talking about money and stuff was that you're having a hard time receiving just for being yourself. And that's literally what you're going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> I love for me, what I've been embodying or like on my way to fully embodying is that archetype of the muse, because that, I think that's why I like nudes and everything. Cause I'm like watching myself and not feeling ashamed for that because I feel like there's so much shame in really like enjoying yourself. <laughs> but I love this idea of the muse. Cause it's like, I even you saying I'm a pivotal person to meet you. Like, I love that I get to inspire just by existing. And even if it's, I inspire myself and I think everyone should be inspired by themselves. And I think creating yourself as the muse and like putting that out there, then it just keeps inspiring you further and further. And like, I love people who take self portraits all the time. I think it's amazing um, if that's what they dedicate like their art practice to or their photography. And there's just something so juicy about that because I think I've said this before and I, I had a whole podcast on it, but it's like all art is a self-portrait. And I think the same thing with like all relationships, all love, it's all just self-expression and everything you experience, especially with sexual energy is all just like this mirror reflecting back to you of like, who do I get to be in this moment? And that's the relationship I've shifted with this is like, I'm not just constantly giving my energy to all these people because I want them to choose me. I'm giving this energy to someone because I know I'm so magnetic and they get to be with me. And that's, like a powerful thing. Like if you and I had a relationship, like (laughs) 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 but yeah, I I really appreciate what you just shared. Something I've been sitting with. I feel like I received these little intuitive hits and like a lot of times they just come through as like little statements or just like a couple, a couple sentences. Sometimes they feel like relative. Sometimes it's just like this um but the latest one has just or one of the latest ones has just been to express is to inspire Mm. to express is to inspire and it just feels like this beautiful energy exchange because to express can be to express in any kind of way to share a truth to be honest to literally show up open and vulnerable to to paint a picture to draw something to write a blog post, 
literally any form of expression. And expression can be in the action of doing. Expression can be in the solace of being. But to express is to inspire. Because when we are willing to express from a space that is honest, that is authentic, that is purely and uniquely us, me, you, we, (laughs) um, it's like a domino effect. That's how I kind of visualize it. It inspires that for anyone and everyone else who gets to witness. Mm. I definitely see that. That was a post you just made, didn't it? Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's how I usually make those posts. It's just kind of I'm hit with something and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to write this down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I feel that too. And I think that's kind of why I've been so comfortable shifting especially in sexual expression because it just kind of it should be flowy I don't know (laughs) I don't think there should be any kind of rigid rules of like I mean if you don't like giving blowjobs don't give a blowjob like you don't have to (laughs) that's the thing though we get to write our own rule book and it's not a rule book either actually this is another thing I've been thinking of um I'll just kind of state it. And then I want to see if it connects to what you're saying. I want to hear okay. what you think. Um, oh, I kind of texted you about this other day. It's actually what my first blog post is going to be about. Um, it's about this theme of dropping expectations and bringing height to our personal standards. Mm. So I'll just like connect a dot. So like what you just said very specifically about, I don't like giving blowjobs. Not like I or you, but if that was the truth, then the standard. Don't put me in that box. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm not putting anyone in boxes. Um, <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> um, but hypothetically, if that was the truth, then the personal standard would get to be: I get to enter into this sexual experience, um, getting to be honest about what I like and what I don't like. And my standard is that I get to have an open conversation about that. And that's the energy that I'm bringing. And if the other person is able to come and like, come, is able to match that energy with me, that's my standard. And that's what feels good to me. It's a standard for how I want to feel in any given opportunity and experience, as opposed to an expectation, which is, oh, I'm just going to expect that I'm not going to go into this experience and like have to give a blowjob. And if that's the expectation, like I'm out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, no, the standard is that I get to have an open conversation about it. And the standard is that I feel safe. I feel comfortable. You get to feel safe and comfortable through having this honest, open conversation. And then we get to come and amplify one another. We get to come <laughs> and amplify one another's conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yes, the, like having an expectation uh, it, it sets us up for disappointment and it closes us off to the potentiality of what could exist beyond our understanding of experience already. So expectations, lower standards, higher, because it allows us to take ownership to create our own personal standards too. And we're allowed to bend and be flexible. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um Yes, I, that goes along with what I was saying about red flags. I think we misconstrue red flags as those expectations. And I think 
we either want to ignore our standards for those expectations, but we don't really place expectations on until like a relationship's already been established. And by that, I mean, I feel like we disregard our own standards so that we get to be chosen. And then once we're chosen, then we start establishing these expectations. And that's why there's this huge, I've heard people say that they date two different people when they start dating someone, because you have the first part of the relationship where you're kind of like your highest self a little bit and you're being what you think they want. And then once you get into this next stage, then you go back into your old habits and you start seeing these expectations that these people had on you and vice versa. And you're kind of creating this dynamic where you're not meeting something that they have in their head about you. Mm. So I love what you say about standards, because I think that's the trick with these, this idea of red flags is it's more about who are you and can you show up authentically? And can you feel like you can have an open conversation? Because it's all just communication. Like everything is communication, but we, especially with sex and things, we are so afraid of communicating our desires. And I got to tell you, like (laughs) when I went on my control kick, like I need to be in control. I went through this phase where um, I was like, I'm going to do exactly what a guy does. And I would hook up with this person. I would let them eat me out. And then I would fall asleep. And (laughs) I thought it was like the most powerful thing (laughs) I could ever do. Um, But it was actually really like I had a horrible time and I was so bored. And I started realizing I'm like, oh, I'm cutting off all communication because I'm just saying like, this is what I expect to happen. And this is the only thing I'm allowing because I want to feel in control. And that's not good or bad but when you open yourself up to having that communication style with someone then you start inviting in energy that's going to make you feel safe so you don't have to put up those protective habits Hmm. yeah yeah thank you so much for sharing that I love that (laughs) you're welcome I'm relating with you I think we can all relate (laughs) (laughs) you did the thing too (laughs) No, not that specifically, but like, I totally, I'm understanding and seeing that dynamic and feeling into it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I'll be out here on my own island for that. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh, can you believe what Dee did? (laughs) (laughs) She's such a badass. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I love that. Uh, To me, dropping, because like an expectation really puts the power and control Um, actually, I don't know if power and control is the right word, but expectation puts the focus on other, um, someone else's actions and actions and motive get to control, uh, the way we're able to show up and kind of dictate our experience. But when we have personal standards, that brings the focus back onto self. And it gives us a certain kind of ownership um, so that we can go into any experience uh, with intention and with our consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, As opposed to kind of leaving, kind of putting the ball on someone else's court, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, it's all just feedback. I'm curious. Because I've mentioned like this feeling of wanting to have control and 
power and things. Do you think all sexual relationships are power dynamics or do you think that's just another archetype? Hmm. Can we uh, define what you mean by sexual relationship? Kind of what I've saying about how, um, how, what I've said <laughs> about how I embodied this idea of the Samantha character mm-hmm. and I saw control and this feeling of powerfulness as a way to protect myself. Um, but I've also heard like a lot of people believe that all romantic and sexual relationships are power dynamics and one has the power and one kind of becomes, I want to say lesser, but that's not what I mean. Yeah. Succumb to power. <laughs> I guess like a sob and dom kind of thing. Yes, but not like actually. <laughs> not the fun one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hmm, that's interesting. I don't know if that's something I've like thought about before. So I'll just kind of riff on what's coming through. But I'm kind of leaning to the side of the power dynamic power struggles, the power play maybe being, I like that power play being an archetype. And with the same kind of like, okay, there's the shadow expression of this archetype. And then there's also the conscious highest expression of this archetype. If I go into a sexual experience and I'm embodying the power play, but I'm doing it from a shadow expression, um, uh, let's use the example of what you shared about being eaten out and then falling oh, asleep. Yeah. <laughs> it might look like that. It's a power play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some kind of purpose being served. It helped you to feel in control. I hope you don't mind I'm using your example. Oh, I wouldn't have said it if I didn't. <laughs> okay. Um, but maybe a conscious or like highest expression of that. Uh, and I'm not trying to bad talk your experience either. I'm just totally fine. It was a horrible experience. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe a higher expression of power play is like choosing and consciously being with your sexual partner and being like, look, like it really gets me off when you play the dom. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we get to like consciously create that power play together. Um, but I don't know. I, I, th- I think if we're aware of our own energy, I mean, in a sense, there's always some kind of power play happening at any moment. I think that's tension, you know. If we're aware of it, if we're aware of that tension, uh, it doesn't have to be the force that's dictating the experience. I think that's where I'm kind of seeing the difference and discerning. It's like, yeah, like it's always happening, but is it dictating how I feel? And is it dictating my experience? Is it dictating my ability to choose right now? Because I believe two people can come together and have like a mutual energy exchange where they both get to express. And would would you call that a power play? Or is that is that different? I think that's where I'm kind of, I'm having my own kind of internal tension with this discussion. Yeah. I think that that's shadow almost is like, I'm thinking about different relationships and I think that's that lack of wanting to take ownership over autonomy as Mm -hmm. well. And thinking we're programmed to believe that when we feel that kind of tension, um, those power dynamics of I'm giving and receiving that kind of energy when we witness that especially it's very 
easy to witness in a sexual dynamic. We think we have to give up a part of our autonomy in order to receive something. And I think that's the shadowy part of this is that we think we have to lose a part of ourselves in order to receive something else where instead it's just like, I get to show up at, as my authentic self, as a human that has all the worth as the other person does. And I get to speak my needs and know that what I give will be reciprocated as well. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Am I like a relationship coach? (laughs) (laughs) Baby, you could be anything you want to be. Thank you. Maybe today she's a relationship coach. Maybe tomorrow she's something else. I used to get off on this idea of like that relationships ended when I was around. (laughs) Because (laughs) you shared this with me before. That was definitely an archetype of mine because I always was like, okay, I have to be a therapist to be loved. And then all my friends came to me with their relationships. And I was like, I don't know. One, I don't know why you're asking me. (laughs) Two, I'm always going to say break up. Because if you're coming to me because you're unsure of the relationship, then you're not sure of the relationship. So why should you be in it? That's kind of always been my mentality. Not that everyone doesn't have hardships and relationships. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But if you come to me enough, then my answer is going to be the same every time. Either communicate <laughs> with them or break up. <laughs> totally. I, I saw a post on Instagram that said that exact thing. It's like, um, I, I don't know if you posted this mm-hmm. or I saw someone else repost it, but it was basically, if you come to me for relationship advice, it's going to be to break up or have a conversation with them. <laughs> and it's like, like if you're not comfortable communicating with them and so you have to come to me then it's a sign that you're not working together (laughs) so that was a different tangent but (laughs) we love tangents here um but something I just want to say real quick and I don't we don't even have to go into it unless it sparks something for you but when we were talking about power play and this like uh maybe like illusioned feeling or shadow expression of feeling that we need to give parts of ourselves away to receive something. Uh, it, it just reminded me of, okay, the difference between codependence and interdependence. Mm. Like maybe on the surface, it kind of, maybe to the outside eye, it looks like the same thing going on, but like internally, like what's actually happening? Like what is the motive dictating what's happening in that exchange of energy? Is it coming from a place of, I can't get that for myself. I need someone else to give it to me. Or is it coming from a place of, I'm already like embodied in my wholeness right now. And I'm looking to amplify this exchange with someone else and get to experience them and allow them to experience myself as well. Which would be like the more interdependent way of looking at that exchange. Mm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, cool. That's but when I think about that and codependency, it's that exchange of why do you think you have to change anything about yourself or give up anything about yourself to receive love? And that's kind of where it all starts. And I know I'm overly simplifying it because it's very complex and like it is a struggle. And I very I empathize with people that are in codependent relationships, but it really is that simple where it comes down to 
is there something that I think I don't have that I have to get in order to receive love or something that I have to give in order to receive love? And if that's a foundation of your relationship with anyone, then that isn't going to be conducive for a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. The relationship coach over here. (laughs) I would say I'm a self-worth coach because I think it's the relationship with yourself always being reflected back to you. So, yeah. Yeah. That's sexy. That's what I'm getting into more of. (laughs) I mean, like, I feel like I've always been like, so entranced by this idea of like our, my own. Okay. So I, I feel like I have a very like internal view and perspective of the world I live in. So every time, like whenever I'm experiencing things, I'm always like going inward and like thinking about reflecting on how like it's impacting the way I'm showing up and like what's happening internally, as opposed to externally, like in a bigger picture, what's happening in the reality of the circumstance, I go to my inner worlds. And so I'm just like, I don't know. I think I just went on a tangent because I'm not even really sure where I was going with that. (laughs) I'm, I think I'm more outwardly expressing my interest with personal relationship to self-concept these days. So you're more quote unquote selfish of your energy in a way because your relationships start with yourself always. Yeah, totally. And I believe that like our relationship with the world around us and literally every person and everything in the world is always going to connect back to the relationship with self Mm -hmm. and like, do like where is our developed or underdeveloped self-concept where does that lie and how can we continuously go back to those spaces and commit to the cultivation of that space um to have a space where we can return to to center into like whenever we're navigating something in the world that feels challenging or out of our control i get that it's almost like there's a shame everything comes back to how we're programmed to not think we're the shit. (laughs) Like it's, there's something wrong with us if we are so intoxicated with ourselves and know how magnetic we are, then there's something that must be an issue where in fact, the opposite is true. Where if we think that there's something that needs to be filled or something we have to do and something that needs to be fixed, then it comes back to like, that's going to be reflected on yourself and to everyone around you that you feel like you're not enough and you're more than enough. Moral of the story of this whole podcast is like, we're two very sexy people. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. Yes. That is the moral of this podcast. Um, I think a fun experiment, uh, just like real quick, if anyone wants to kind of just take an action mm-hmm. moving forward from this to kind of engage in their life in an experimental way, uh, when it comes back to like self-concept and learning how to be intoxicated and in love with your sexuality and just yourself and learning how to accept that you too are a sexy human out mm-hmm. here. <laughs> um, something that I played with yesterday was before leaving the house, I was going to go out and like run some errands. And then I was just going to go have myself an afternoon. And I practiced looking in the mirror and telling myself, 
you are so sexy. You are such a hot and sexy person. Like you are so beautiful. And then I went out into the world and I just had the most positive experiences. I went to the post office and there was just like, I felt like I had this flirty energy and I wasn't being outwardly flirty or like sexual toward anyone, but I just felt like because I had like affirmed that in myself, like right before leaving and going into the world. And I had like kind of cultivated that in myself. What was reflected back to me were people who were very pleased to be in my energy is what it seemed. (laughs) But like, there are days where like, I feel like shit. And I look in the mirror and I tell myself, I judge myself and I tell myself I look like shit. And then I go out into the world and I just like, I feel like that's being reflected to me, you know? And it's like really that simple. It gets to be that simple. Um, We have, we have not so good days. And sometimes we have those days where we're embodied in our sexiness, (laughs) but I encourage anyone out there who wants to just play around with this energetic, like before you go out into the world, look in the mirror and tell yourself, you're so sexy. You're like, (laughs) look at you. Mm, I love that. And then go out into the world and like, I don't know, see if you like get hit on, maybe you're not hit on, but maybe just, just like the way people are moving around you or like double taking or just see if like the world gets to be intoxicated with you because they will be. Yeah. I like, I definitely love that. I, I don't know who it is. She, she's, she has a book out. I don't know her name. So I'm sorry, (laughs) but she did this thing where she would wake up and then look in the mirror and high five herself. Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. Okay. Yes. Got you Mel Robbins. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Um, I started doing that and I was like, I high five and I was like, you're doing fucking great. <laughs> and it just like lifted my spirits and I got like a free coffee. Um, I wore this outfit one day. I had like 10, like literally 10 people compliment me. Oh, and man. I was just like, you know what? This is a wonderful freaking day. And I think it's like finding your ritual. So you can either like have an action, like high fiving, talking to yourself, um, I used to have this like what it was a ruby gemstone and I would ha- set the intention in that gemstone that like this is what makes me feel like in love with myself and I would keep it in my pocket whenever I left and just having like a little thing that it's kind of like a good luck charm but it's like a sexy charm you know <laughs> it's charm. like this little thing I love having rituals and being um, like, if I do this and this will happen, not in a toxic way. Cause I think it can get very toxic where you're like freak out if you don't have that thing. <laughs> but if you feel like you can't speak to yourself in the mirror, then try out like an actual item that you give. Um, Are you suggesting that I carry my vibrator around with me? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they have, panties that you know <laughs> really I'm not surprised a little remote I didn't know about that but I'm not surprised <laughs> you have there's like, oh. yeah there's a remote and you can wear it and then like give the remote to someone else it's great I mean not like a stranger but you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey you <laughs> all the free coffees we'd be rolling in <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like don't be afraid to look on those websites, you know, and find something that feels really good for you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Moral of this podcast. We are all sexy. 
Yes. And everyone has something that will make them feel even sexier. That's it. And Love find it. your sexy um, expression. Find your sexy expression. We all out here. Awesome. That was a very vulnerable podcast. Thank you for coming on. Uh, yes, I felt vulnerable. There are parts where it was um, hard to say what I was wanting to say, but mm-hmm. uh, it felt right. You held the space so well. I feel so safe with you. Thank um, you. Honored to be here. I love having these combos with you. And everyone can go on because you're starting a monthly newsletter, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. Okay. Look, look, I'm all about just changing and making things different. So I haven't found my consistent flow yet. However, the plan is to send out a newsletter at least once a month. Um, it's going to be life philosophies, reflections, intuitive guidance, uh, prompts. Just um, I came up with this idea of minute musings or three minute musings. I don't Ooh. really know what it is yet, but it just came to me. <laughs> so um, we'll see what that turns into, uh, but it's going to be sexy. Um, and depending on how my offerings are transforming, there will also be a small snippet of just about my offerings, how you can work with me, uh, how we can share some mutual energy exchange and be in one another's auras. So that's what I have coming up. And awesome. you, can, you can access my newsletter from my Instagram, link in the bio. And yeah, I'll put it down. <laughs> I'll put everything in the description that you can. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> um, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me. I love this. Felt so good to be back. Yay. <laughs>